Hello, welcome back. I'm Christina Halverson, and this is the Content Strategy Podcast. This week, I am speaking with Mr. Rob Mills of Gather Content. But before we get to our conversation, I have a few reminders for you. This is your very last chance to call in and leave a question for my very first listener Q&A episode coming up in December. The number you can call is 510-858-6927. You don't really have to remember that. You can just go to contentstrategy.com forward slash podcast. The number is right there at the top of the page. Please give me a call. Leave your message. I'd love to hear from you. And I know what you really want is to hear the sound of your own voice on this very podcast. Second and last, uh, CONFAB, the Content Strategy Conference, happens in Minneapolis in May every year. And for 2020, we are going to have a ticket price jump happening next week. Oh no, you want to buy your ticket to CONFAB, the Content Strategy Conference, to join us in May in Minneapolis. Uh, So you can save $200 on your ticket if you register by December 13th. Just go to confabevents.com. And that is CONFAB with a C, not a K, because that would be super cheesy. Okay, on with the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with a gentleman I have long admired. His name is Rob Mills, and Rob is with Gather Content. He's the head of content there. Uh, Gather Content is a content operations platform. Brain Traffic actually uses it. We'll talk about that later. We love it. Uh, At Gather Content, he works on product content and user experience and leads on producing resources to help content strategy professionals. He is a published author and regular contributor to industry publications, and he speaks about content strategy and content operations at industry events. Rob, welcome to the Content Strategy Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. What a fantastic uh, intro that was. Thank you so much. It, you, I'm pretty sure that you typed that into an email and now it's in front of me on a piece of paper. It just it sounds so much better when someone else says it to you, I think, than when, you, no, the, when it comes out to your head. I, yeah, I have to say that like the opposite of that would be really painful if you're like, I sound so important when I'm typing, and then you hear someone else say it, and you're just like, oh, I'm a nobody. So true. I'm glad it was the right way around. Well, frankly, when I read that, and I feel this way oftentimes with my guests, I read that, and I'm like, when do you sleep? What is the deal? Yeah, things are busy. They are busy. How <laughs> long have you been? You've been at Gather Content for a very long time, it seems like. Yes, I, uh, I joined in 2015, early 2015, um, so almost five years. But really the company, I mean, it was founded in 2012, so I've been there for a lot of the, the growth, so I've been there for some big milestones. So, um, and the company's, you know, I think I was, I always say this, I was like, oh, I think I was employee number eight or nine. I think that's right. And we're about 30 people now. Um, so I've seen a lot of change there. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a very busy, fulfilling four point something years. That's great. And where are you guys based again? All in the UK, but we're a completely remote team. So we're spread far and wide across the UK. So I personally am in Cardiff down in Wales. Um, And then, yeah, we are, you know, North Wales. There's a little group around kind of London and Brighton, North England. We're all over, all over the UK. And tell me a little bit about what Gather Content does. So Gather Content is a content operations platform as you mentioned in the bio which i think might be a bit kind of ambiguous to people and i think we'll probably 
talk a bit more about content operations in this chat. But really, it's a, it's a platform that helps teams produce effective content at scale. Um, from our experience, planning, organizing, managing content across you know, multiple systems, hundreds of stakeholders, it's chaotic, it's stressful. So gather contents there to tame that chaos with a single platform to manage your people, your process, all around producing effective content. Uh, so it's, it's there to replace uh, you know, producing content in Google Docs and Word Docs and PowerPoints and you know, all that content that's locked down in emails and stuck on somebody's folder. And it kind of brings everything to one place with a bespoke workflow, structured content templates. Uh, you can embed your style guide at the point of content creation. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful tool for bringing all of that together to uh, produce your content. So you used to call it content workflow tool or content production workflow tool. And that was how we were first introduced to it that, yep. you know, Oh, now we can all be reviewing and creating content in the same place, but rather than it just being sort of a Google doc, it is in sort of a, a nice clean CMS sort of uh, where we can actually say, okay, now it's done reviewing and now it's ready to go to proof and now it's ready for, for publishing and you kind of walk through those steps. And that was, that was easy for us to understand. Tell me about the decision that your team has made to start referring to it as a content operations platform. I will say content ops uh, is getting a little bit of buzz in the content strategy community. I know that there are a few uh, individuals and some a few content marketing platforms who are really making the play for we are content ops or we on content ops. So talk to me about your understanding of what that is and how gather content plays into that. Yeah, do you know what? As a company, we're we're very transparent with the challenges that we face and um, and the solutions we uh, adopt and the outcomes and, and the learnings that we have. And we've really had several identity. Uh, crises, crises uh, in the time that I've been there. And, and I think that has reflected in how we've described ourselves, um, even to the point where internally we did a, a task where we asked everybody within the company to describe gather content. And yes, there was a lot of similarity and overlap, but there wasn't a shared vocabulary around um, what we are and who we're for and what we do. Um, and that was concerning because it, you know, if you, if, you can't nail that yourselves. How can you expect people outside of the organization to understand what you do and who you're for and how you can help them? Um, so we have struggled. And, and the product itself is born from a design agency um, background. The founders owned a design agency uh, working with a lot of oil and gas companies on website redesign projects. They were fed up of content delay in those projects. So they built Gather Content as an internal tool to get content from their clients sold the agency and gather content became the business. So historically, it's very much, it was a product for agencies working with clients on website projects and website redesigns. And I think that was quite clear. That was a very clear use case. Uh, people could either identify with that or not. Um, and then, you know, the whole industry and, and people, the whole kind of content as an asset for businesses just got more complicated. You know, it, it's so much more now as we know than websites. Um, and so it's okay. I mean, when I started in 2015, we, we removed agency from all of our things, you know, and we wanted to, we did try literally be all things to all people. So whether you're working on marketing content, website content, printed content, social, you know, whether you were a small company, big company, and naturally it just diluted the entire messaging. So that didn't work. Thankfully we learned quite quickly, um, that that messaging wasn't resonating. Um, 
we are a content operations as a platform now. And I think, you know, you make a really valid point that if we'd said we're a content workflow tool, lots of people might think, well, well, I need a, I need a tool for my workflow. So I'll go and check this out. Um, whereas I don't think many people are saying I need a content operations platform. So it's quite hard for us. Like, do we push forward with content ops as our thing? Um, with the expectation that it is, catching on and is making sense to people. And I definitely, I, I agree with you. I'm seeing that more and more as well. Um, or do we, uh, you know, just revert almost. And so we, we are staying with content operations platform because I think um, that makes sense for us as an organization. And so we can more confidently convey that message, but not necessarily content operations. It's where we can convey it in different uh, aspects, depending on which audience we're speaking to. That's quite a long sort of response there, sorry. That's okay. You're the guest. You're supposed to do all the talking unless I have an unsolicited opinion, which I will gladly offer at any <laughs> moment. Uh, so tell me, okay, so when we talk about content operations then, tell me in your brain, what does that encapsulate at the organization or enterprise level? Yeah, so we're, we're trying to define, again, our own vocabulary around that so we can be consistent in how we're describing content operations. Um, and then kind of link it back to the product. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of workflow and review. It still is all those things. So first, there are three pillars of content operations, and that's people, process, and technology. And we think that if you're an organization publishing content, then you've got some form of content ops. You've got a person or people, you've got some kind of process, and you're probably using some kind of technology, whether that's, you know, Google Docs or CMS, gather content, wherever that might be. The issue is they may not be the best fitting tools, the right people, and the most efficient processes. So it's very much about having deliberate content operations. So that's really investing in those three pillars, people, process, technology, um, in order to pretty much turn your content strategy into the effective content that we strive for. So it's definitely not, we're not saying content operations replaces content strategy. You still need that plan. You still need to know what you're saying, who you're saying it to, where you're saying it, how you're saying it. Um, but it's very much all that stuff between the strategy and the delivery. Um, and it is, the, it is getting the workflows in place. It is the production. Um, it is the, the measurement. It is the, uh, you know, getting the right people in place. It is having a style guide in place, having governance plans, all those things. Um, and it's very interesting when we talk about content ops because as we describe it, some people are saying, oh, so it's workflow. And others are saying, oh, so it's governance. And it's like, yes, and. Yes, it's workflow and. Yes, it's governance and. Um, and that's kind of where we're at with it, really. And it's been really interesting going to events um, and just hearing other people's perspectives on content ops and what it means for them. Um, but yeah, you know, we're kind of saying people process technology and it definitely includes workflow and, and style guides and structured content, which is why for us, content ops as a an umbrella message makes sense for our product, I think, and our audience. And then within that, we can, you know, segment and, and start to, you know, for certain audiences, we'll focus on this element of content ops, which might be workflow, or that element of content ops, which might be style guides or clearly defined roles, for example. What are some of the other perspectives that you are hearing about at industry events? Um, a lot of them agree quite a lot with where we're coming from. Um, you know, there are definitions from, Carrie Hayne and Rahel Bailey and Colleen Jones and Dean Barker. And they're very much, uh, I think what we all seem to be in agreement uh, about the people, process, and technology. 
um, as the, you know, we're at Gather Content, we say the three pillars, but to other people, there might be, you know, components, elements, you know, wherever they may be. But those three things being needed, um, I think we, I'm seeing a lot of agreement around it being um, between strategy and delivery as well, um, and everything there. Colleen focuses in her definition on everything kind of behind the scenes, which I think is a fair um, reflection as well. I'm not really seeing too much that would disagree with our definition or perspective. It's more, I think, um, what does this mean for me? You know, it's very, it's quite high level, I think, you know, it's, it's, sure. it's, it's easy for me to, you know, stroll up to an event and be like, well, you need a clearly defined workflow and do you have a, <laughs> you, know, you know, and, you know, it's, and I hope you say it in that accent. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, and it, it's so, you know, you, you know, there's more than anyway, it's so much more complicated than that. Um, so I think it's like, okay, we understand content operations on this high level um, and, you know, kind of what it means, but how, what does this mean for me? When I go back to my desk, how does this affect my job? What do I need to do? Well, so that was my next question. And, you know, I've spoken to so many folks on the podcast who have experience in sort of wrangling with enterprise content strategy and, uh, you know, marketers who are, are struggling to sort of connect with other folks throughout the organization where their, their content uh, depends on, you know, connections with that team or that they share structured content that they need to come to alignment on when they're uh, you know, creating and storing and delivering content and so on. But my question for you is this, as you are, and we'll get to um, all of the conversations that you're able to have and facilitate with folks in the content strategy community or in the world, really, because there's so much great knowledge there. But my question for you is, when you are working with or seeing uh, gather content in the enterprise or, or at the organizational level, where are you seeing that content ops whether it is, you know, sort of pulling it together or being run or overseen or, you know, the strategy and the design of it is starting to, to come forward. Where does that live in most organizations? Oh, I really didn't want to answer any questions with the typical, it depends. Um, oh, see, I set you up. I don't know how many times I've said that in a podcast <laughs> interview and I just know they're all like, oh, where is my silver bullet? Yeah, but I'm afraid, Christina, it does depend. Um, I, think it's a, I think the important thing is that it's not held within one discipline or team. It's not a marketing function. Uh, the whole point for me of Content Ops is that it's cross-disciplinary. It's, it, it's there to connect those teams and silos. So I think somebody needs to run it um, within reason, obviously, if it's a huge organization, that, you know, that in itself gets challenging. But I think somebody needs to, to run it. And I think that person is uh, perhaps in more of a leadership role. Because when you're trying to connect so many different disciplines and teams and individuals, you need some um, clout. You, know, you, need, you need some kind of uh, say-so behind you. Um, so we're seeing it in, in, in different places, you know, we're seeing it in a lot of, with higher ed, in a lot of, um, marketing and communication teams, um, as in the person within that team is driving it, but they're working with subject matter experts across, you know, different, um, academic departments, um, you know, and across the organization. So I think it's, uh, you know, I, I would say that I, you know, I'm kind of leading the content ops to gather content. I do sit on the marketing team, but I work very much with our product director or as you'd expect, is on the product team, um, around our thinking of, of content ops. So it's, um, yeah, it really does um, depend. 
It really does. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry to say. <laughs> so, well, this is where our conversation gets a little meta, right? Because you run content ops for an organization where the primary content that you deliver is about content ops. So let's switch gears for just a second and talk about content ops at Gather Content. So when yeah. you say, so, so let me, let me provide um, listeners real quick with just a, a little background on sort of how I first encountered you and, and Gather Content and the work that you were doing. So when Rob came to work for Gather Content, I don't, I assume that there was some sort of blogging or, or something going on, but Rob basically then didn't sleep for the next four and a half years because he's been busy building out this extraordinary library of knowledge that uh, he has uh, commissioned, and I won't say, you know, with millions of dollars, basically just asking people to contribute their um, thoughts and insights and tools and methodologies around content and within that big tent of content strategy. Uh, This has taken the form of blog posts, of webinars, interviews. Uh, you, for the last couple of years, have done the, the Gather Content uh, holiday calendar, which is uh, you get folks from all over the world to do little, um, what do you, I'm sorry, what do you call it? I, my old person's brain is, is blanking. The Content Strategy Advent Calendar? The Advent Calendar. A, a, the Advent a video calendar. a day. Yeah. I have, yeah, I have in my head, like, you know, my kids have like, the even still, they're 15 and 12, but they're still like, ah, oh, break up the Advent Calendar, where they open up the little boxes and they have like little ornaments or whatever that are in there. And it's like that, except it's content strategists sharing a quick idea or thought. Anyway, my point being, it has been built out into this knowledge base that is overwhelming in scope and of such high quality. Um, how is that? Were you brought on to do this specifically, or did you come on and sort of say, "I'm going to make this the biggest, most amazing thing in the world"? Uh, firstly, thank you so much for saying that about the, the um, quality of the content. I I was brought on as a content strategist, and it was very much um, let's just figure this out as we go. Um, there were some kind of um, requirements around. They were blogging when I started, um, and there was someone external managing the blog. Um, so, you know, I think it was, it was doing well, but it wasn't, um, anybody's sole focus. So I came on and there were plans to, you know, get involved on the product side. Um, and initially it was like, right, just take over the blog, you know, so that, you know, I was just picking up articles that were already in, you know, in, in draft from various things. Um, and I don't really know at what point it sort of became this conscious thing. It's just grown over time. Um, and I think it's, it's a combination of, you know, when you when you get such good feedback, you, you know, clearly you want to do more of the same. Um, and it was very much, we could see just the brand growing through our content, um, that brand awareness. And so it's very much right, you know, this is working uh, on that very basic level. Uh, let's do more. And it, it has just grown. Um, you know, I've, I'm still the only 100% content person that gather content, um, which is why so much of our content is from, external contributors because there's no way I could you know write as many blog posts and present as many webinars as as we have and nor am I an expert in all those areas either um you know so it just wouldn't make sense so it really did just start with asking people and I that was completely out of my comfort zone oh my goodness me I can't ask Christina Hamilton if she'll do a webinar for us oh my goodness me I can't you know whoever it was and people were saying yes and then you know the more that people said yes and the more content we produced and the stronger the reputation became the easier it was for people to say yes then because everybody likes to be associated with a good thing 
and it really has just grown. Um, and that's been amazing. It's been an amazing. So, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of our content. And we, we literally get people saying, um, you know, thanks to your content, all these things. And that's fantastic. Um, but with that, you know, I've created so much work for myself with that. You know, and for me, it comes back to this whole behind the scenes stuff. So we've just launched our new blog. Um, uh, it went live on Friday. And uh, I spent days and days and days and days and days manually doing work because 2015, Rob, didn't really think about meta descriptions and stuff like that, you know? So it, it, it's caught up with me in some ways, um, but it very much has just, um, it just grew quite organically. And now it's, it's a lot more considered now, you know, now I do have a plan in place and, and now, you know, I know it's a word that lots of people hate, but I very much am scaling. And so for me, it's like, when I think about our content operations now, this is where, um, you know, I'm trying to think about, how can we gain efficiencies in our processes and the technology um, that we use? And I'm starting to learn a lot about our own co content operations, which I really want to start sharing um, because it is a case, a very meta case study uh, in itself, you know, and I, I'm learning that there's lots of stuff in my head and that's far more dangerous than, you know, silos and emails. I think having stuff locked down in people's heads, you know, that's a big issue. Um, so yeah, it's, um, you know, we've got a nice clear plan now where we've changed systems um, so that we're able or I'm able to report on the content uh, with confidence in terms of the data. Uh, and it's very much being treated as a asset for the business with clear goals and hopefully will always be useful to our audience. I, I call it our community strategy. And that very, it really is just educational resources to help people improve their processes, get the organizations thinking about content as an asset, um, you know, helping them level up as individuals as well. That's so interesting that you call it a community strategy, because I think that that is what so many content marketers really dream of. You know, I mean, I was just a content marketing world and it is it, which I wrote about, it, it's always a mixed bag for me because on the one hand, I see organizations like gather content and, and frankly, like brain traffic too, we are creating content, you know, not only to sort of demonstrate that, yes, we know what we're talking about and yes, we're helping to lead this conversation worldwide, but also because we are very, very committed to growing and sustaining and supporting the content strategy community as it continues to evolve and folks start to specialize and gain more visibility within their organizations. Uh, but so often, I think that content marketing programs sort of get um, relegated to, you know, get us attention, get us eyeballs, get us shares, get us visibility. Um, but it's just interesting to me that looking at it through that lens of community strategy, uh, has has really sort of paid off for you all, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and you know, the content marketing thing um, has caused me personal conflict during the last few years. You know, I've been at conferences and people have said to me, but you're a content marketer and well, you're doing content marketing. And I, it, it actually used to worry me that that was the perception because of the stigma around content marketing. And, you know, and I understand where that stigma's come from. You know, too many companies chucking content over the wall. Well, we all can think of examples of that. Um, whereas for me, you know, I, I take quite a lot of pride in the content that we produce. So I was like, oh, no, it's, it's you know, I'm not that. It's more than that. And so it, it genuinely used to worry me. Um, and now I just shrug off any, it doesn't really matter for me how people perceive me in terms of what my job role is or my, my title. I just want, I just don't want to add to the noise that's out there. I, I just want to be um, producing 
and sharing useful content. Um, so I'm not going to get bogged down in semantics of you know what people call that. But it's very much you know I say no to so many blog posts um, that come through. Um, you know, it's not just yes, yes, yes. Let's just okay. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned I'm trying to scale, but I'm not going to scale at the speed that compromises on the quality. So it's like okay, you know, for example, we'd like to do one masterclass a month. I'm not just going to do any old masterclass to hit that number. I'm going to wait and I'm going to find the right people to talk about the right things based on, you know, what we understand our audience want to learn more about. And so there is very much a lot of thinking and strategy behind our content and marketing. Um, yeah. And so I think that's where, that's where I'm at with it. And the challenges I'm facing, you know, things like distribution and measurement, um, you know, that's the hard part for me. Um, I think because of, the last four years of working hard to, you know, build relationships and contribute um, and share. You know, I think I've had that insecurity about, am I just a vessel for other people's expertise? Therefore, am I just a generalist? Um, and so that's, I tweeted just last week about having a, or the week before about having a conflict, of, a crisis of confidence. And it was born from that kind of statement, uh, that thinking, sorry, of, you know, I, people know me for our content, but they don't necessarily know me for, the work that I'm doing as an individual, as an individual content strategist, if that makes sense. And that's caused me a bit of uh, concern, that I suppose. That, that blows my mind. First of all, I can relate firsthand, right? Like so much of the work that we do at Brain Traffic is about lifting up other people's work, specifically through Confab, you know, which we, we spend you know, so much time and so much money and so much uh, blood, sweat and tears making sure that we are identifying, raising up new voices within the content strategy community, and also really sort of shining the spotlight on topics that we think are important for helping, for, for helping the industry continue to evolve. Um, but yeah, I, get, I work on content strategy projects, and I don't often talk about my work specifically as a content strategist, yeah. which has also caused me, I mean, look at this podcast, right? I'm not on here talking about my amazing, awesome, brilliant work which is what the next episode is going to be all about. No, that's not true. Um, so that is so, I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody else that shares that crisis of confidence. So, you know, let's hug it out. But my question is like, what, it, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like there's nothing wrong with being known as, as the person who is curating some of the most useful content in the industry. I just want to say that. Thank you. Um, again, when someone else says something to you, it's kind of, it, it seems to click a bit more, resonate a bit more. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it, it's very much a personal hang-up. You know, I get so much incredible feedback on the content. And so it's never, um, it's never really from anybody else other than myself. And it's, uh, it's just a challenge I think I need to work on. And the obvious answer is, well, just share more, Rob. Write more about what you're doing, you know. Oh, yeah, more about what you're, you're doing, you know? but, yeah. spare time. Like me, <laughs> yeah. why don't we wake up at four in the morning and write three hours every morning? I know, this is... This is it. As you scale again, you create more work for yourself. So it's just like, oh, you know, you're, you're kind of making it worse for yourself in a way. But well, no, but it it's um, kind of depends on how you want to spend your day today, right? And I, yeah. you know, your your job right now is to spend your day today, uh, sort of curating and editing and shaping and distributing and measuring and so on all of this amazing content. But I think that to your point, you are the you know master behind the scenes who is who is making all of this happen as a content strategist and as an operate, you know, content operations director. Tell me some of the, of the things that you've worked on over the, I mean, it sounds like you just relaunched your blog. Tell me some of the things that you're excited about there that you're feeling really proud of. 
Yeah, the new blog, definitely. So that, that went live on Friday afternoon. I know that's the ultimate sin <laughs> to do that, but we did. Um, and so um, I'm, I am really proud of that because, like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, years ago, I just wasn't doing the behind-the-scenes stuff because I know it's a poor excuse, but, you know, when you're busy and you say, like, oh, I'll get back to that, and you never get back to it, and then, you know, you're just working on the next thing and the next thing. So exactly. Me, Zero people can relate to what you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's you are uh, all alone. Oh, um, somebody must somebody, but for me, it was um, being you know as painful as it was spending all those days doing that you know, manual catching up work. To think that our blog is there now, where you know every every article on the blog has three related posts that I handpicked, um, as opposed to just being the like uh, the most recent three posts. Um, every blog has categories and tags so the content's more findable and it's easier to surface uh, related content to the readers um, everything's got a meta description all the images have got alt tags and I think this is it it's like there are so many parts to content and as one person it's just impossible to do all you know make it accessible make it inclusive make it findable make it usable keep the quality you know appease the search engines all those things um, it's hard but the blog is in a place now where um, it's finally, you know, it's finally in a place where if we bring someone new into the team, I would confidently be able to hand it over to them, knowing that my content house is in order. Um, and that feels good. And then beyond the blog, um, I'm very excited by, I don't want to be the person that kind of says, I've got a secret, but I'm not going to tell you, but there's some really exciting masterclasses coming up, new masterclasses. Carrie Haynes doing one on content operations at the end of October. Um, we're hopefully going to have one on governance in November. There's a new content creation one happening in January. So again, more, more masterclasses, more webinars, more books, all of, all of that. Um, and it's just the work I love. I just love working with all these people, even though it gives me a personal anxiety that we've already discussed. Um, aside from that, I just love working with so many um, incredible people on, you know, on all these different things. I'm just very grateful that they're happy for Gather Content to be you know, a platform for their advice really so yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff and on the product side there are big big strides being made um with the product and i'm not as involved in that um these days i do spend the occasional hour discussing button call to action copy and things like that with our product director um but the product is really um taking big leaps forward and i'm excited for what's happening on that side of the business too rob i just think you're the coolest thank you i think you're the coolest Oh, go on. Only one of us can be the coolest. So maybe, maybe the, let's have a pop. Let's arm wrestle for it. Okay. A, re a remote arm wrestle. That's not going to go well at all. You'd win. Believe you me, you'd win. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Starting to work out more. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right, Rob, our time is up, but I really, oh. really appreciate your uh, taking the time to chat with me. And uh, again, I just think you're doing extraordinary work. Um, for the community, and we will be sure to list all of these fantastic uh, links and resources in our show notes. So where can folks find you online? Uh, me personally on Twitter, at Robert Mills. Um, also, gathercontent.com for the platform side, and gathercontent.com forward slash blog for the blog, obviously, and gathercontent.com forward slash resources for our webinars, masterclasses, templates, downloads, and all the other um, stuff that you've been kind enough to mention throughout the chat. Perfect. Well, I look forward to recording my annual advent calendar silliness <laughs> this year, if you'll have me back. 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is produced by Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy and makers of fine conferences and workshops. Please visit braintraffic.com for more details and sign up for our mailing list to hear about new workshops, dates and locations, as well as content strategy insights and little personal notes from me with hilarious jokes. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or leave us a review on your favorite podcast catcher. Our podcast is produced by Podcast Press, transcription services by Rev.com and Heather Hagel, show administration by Bailey Miller and Amy Pletch, show art and music by Sean Tobriti. You can find even more episodes, including transcripts and links to resources mentioned in the episodes at contentstrategy.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time.